Hello from elsewhere, I'm Casey. And I'm Valerie. And this episode comes to you straight from the borough near Ottery St. Catchpole. And today we're discussing found family in fiction. Valerie, the, the tales of our mildly haunted house continue. How so? Well, um, after our previous episode, we mentioned the plant growing through the wall, right? Yes. Well, Tyler Carlin told me there's plants growing through the wall because no one lives here. What, were the ghosts of the house? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, most people have never met us in person. True. Also, the our title of our podcast could be seen like, you know, hello from elsewhere, like from the other oh, from side. from the other side. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> our, also, our children don't sleep at night because they are wanting to be out in haunting. the world. Haunting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Now you're making our kids sound really creepy. <laughs> our children sleep a normal amount for mm, children. That's true. That's fair. But when you're a parent, everything feels like no sleep. So That's correct. Yeah. I haven't slept in five years. My mother has not had a hot meal in <laughs> was it, 12 years. Or something, something like that. that yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Such is life in a family, which is what we're talking about today. And here's my all-important question for you, Sir Casey, St. Catchpole. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Who is the best family in books or movies? Hmm. You know, I I asked Instagram this question, but I didn't ever even sit and think, hmm, how would I answer this question? Which I often do that, so... I, I like. I think. Oh, that'd be a good question, and then I forget to think about my answer. So you failed as a mother. What's a podcast? Yeah. Mother? What's your What's your answer? I'd have to go with the Weasleys from the Burrow. I yeah. just love their. They family are wonderful. They just. I feel like they're a normal family. They fight. They argue, but they love and they watch over and protect each other. And they and I love the way they take in everybody around them as family too. Like they're just. And we'll talk more about that later, but. They are their own family, that, but they include everyone else. They're not a family like the Malfoys, who, you know, it's them against the world. Oh, but I was going to say the Malfoys is my answer. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't really. Yes. <laughs> um. they, they are your ideal family. All right. I, d- I don't really have an answer because the problem is, first of all, the Weasleys is a really great answer. And I've also already seen the answers that other people gave. So I feel like I don't have my own because mm-hmm. it's been colored. I... I Next time, I need to think of my own answer before I see other people's answers. Because then I'm like, oh, yep, that's the one. So yes. I'm just going to read some listener answers here. Let's do it. All right. My good friend, Gazette Green One, she said the family from a Christmas story, which we've already sort of talked about. We've already yeah. referenced a Christmas story. <laughs> but they're pretty great, except for when they make him wear that bunny suit. That's not so nice. Oh, come on. His aunt spent forever making it for him. He's got to wear it at least once. He needs to send her a thank you card. Also, they're a funny family. I like all the swearing. <laughs> the, the, the faux swearing? The, yeah. The banging on the, the heater. Sugar-plaga-bugga-bugga. <laughs> <laughs> Only I didn't say fudge. Your sister, uh, Jackie. Which one? <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> there are hundreds of you. There are dozens of us. My uh, family is the coolest family in all of non-books or fiction. Well, that's a weird statement. So, yeah. <laughs> Like anyone can know that. The, your sister Jackie said the Baudelaire siblings. Oh, they are awesome and tight knit and always. Who is that? Figuring out. Oh, series of unfortunate. Okay, that events. was my guess, but yeah, yeah, they're always getting themselves out of pickles. Books and Chucks has an answer 
straight to my heart. She just said the solos. Because <laughs> you've got little baby Ben solo. And you've got Han and Leia. And, and Chewie's in there too. Well, just... Yes, Chewie's part of the family. Their family's interesting because they're so non-traditional. Which is fun. Like they're, they're almost like they are actual siblings and family. <sighs> but they are also kind of a found family at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, because they were separated for so many years, and yeah, sort of Star Wars said the Robinsons from Meet the Robinsons. I love that answer. I do too. They're There's... such an eclectic group yeah. of people. <laughs> Again, they just accept everyone and take everyone in, and you're not even sure. You're like, well, are they really an aunt or uncle, or are they just somebody adopted into the family kind right. of feeling? Yeah. My pal Emily Hatch said the Cleaver family. Are that is that like? Beaver? Yeah. Leave okay. It to beaver. Leave it leave it to Beaver. I was trying mm-hmm. to place the Cleaver family. Okay. Yeah. Is she vacuuming in pearls? Probably. <laughs> I can't say that I've ever watched more than one episode of Leave It to Beaver. But there probably was a vacuum and probably pearls as well. Well, if that's what it takes, sign me up. Some reading pod said The McCabe's in a Constellation of Roses by Miranda how do you say that, Casey? I don't know. You'd have to ask her. As Acevedo? Sure. She's been talking about that book on her Instagram, and it looks really interesting. So yeah, we'll have to I've check never that one even out. heard of it. I'm gonna have to look it up. Becca Eddowes, after my own heart, said the Weasleys. Yeah, she got mad because I posted the picture of the Weasleys, and she said, um, "Yeah, you can't expect her to pick somebody else when you post a picture right. of the Weasleys." Yeah. Fair enough. You colored everybody's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my favorite. Brady Lunt, our pal, said the Saxville Baggins. Ah, oh, Brady. <laughs> That's a Mary Clay answer. That's something Mary Clay would say. Sackville Baggins is darn them. They're the worst family. Books of Kings said the Bennets of Pride and Prejudice. Hold on. Books of Kings, you're also some reading pod. She's cheating. Oh, she's answering twice? Yeah. <laughs> she personal and public yeah. account here. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not wrong. The Bennets are fantastic. <laughs> They're so dysfunctional yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, but also so loving mm. and wonderful. Rebecca Quinn said a March family from Little Women. I like that answer. The Little Women are always got each other's backs. Uh, Smiley Sarah answered Dipper and Mabel Pines from Gravity Falls, which is a TV show, not a book or movie. But, but we'll allow yeah, it. That, that, we'll allow it. It's when, fiction. When you write a question on Instagram, there's only so many characters you can that it allows. Mm. And so it's not that I was trying to you know, exclude TV shows. It was just a character limit. But You and I have been saying we need to watch Gravity yeah. Falls now that Disney Plus. Right. Yeah, I've seen a, fir- a few episodes and I liked it, um, but I'd like to continue it. Sarah Pass said The Addams Family. Oh, yeah. Addams Family Values is a classic. I love that movie. That's the second one where they go to camp. And they terrorize the other, well, she, Wednesday. Well, I guess Pugsley's there too, isn't he? Have you seen that? I have vague memories of it. That's not one your mom would have appreciated. So (laughs) you probably didn't watch that. Matt Cox, 002, said the Gilmore Girls. Yes, Matt. Yes. They're both fantastic and dysfunctional as well. That's true. Yeah. Which I think is what makes up any good family. (laughs) Right. That's just real. When your dysfunction is, you know, real. Yeah. Yeah. My sister Leslie put seven brides for seven brothers. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Come on, those seven guys. Yeah. Great family. Plus then they kidnap a bunch of women and uh, then they... But I was going to say the beginnings of their relationships, you know, were based on subterfuge and kidnapping. It's a little iffy. They fall in love in the end. Stockholm syndrome style. <laughs> Leslie answered. Leslie answered way too many times. Series mm. of unfortunate events. 
and Ramona and Beezus and Junie B. Jones. She and my sister said nothing dysfunctional. We have different ideas of family, apparently. <laughs> Even though we came no, from the same, same. family. <laughs> <laughs> Whose view is right, Casey? <laughs> is my family dysfunctional or not? You're an outside opinion. No comment. Also, on, <laughs> on Twitter, Melody Lehman told me that the family from Brave, they're a good family, too. Those boys are terrors, though. They are. <laughs> they are everywhere. All right. Well, today we are talking about found family. What do we mean by found family? I just have the thought of, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. What is this? <laughs> a song. I'm not going to sing it, because you have to have a very pretty voice to sing this Amazing song. Grace? Yes. <laughs> there you go. You got it. But yeah, a, fam, a found family is the family that you choose. It's the family that uh, you would, that takes you in as your own, even though you may not be biologically related to them, they become the most important people in your world. We wanted to focus on four uh, specific series, but we might bring in some other honorable mentions at the end. Um, but specifically Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and Marvel. The big four. They're, yeah, there are big four. Um, they're the ones, they're the series that we they're talk about big more than anything. I don't know. There are other series that exist. There are other fandoms. Not to the same extent. You think these are the four biggest I think in the so. world? I'm, sti- mm. I'm sticking to it. Okay, I might not say the world. I don't know what fandoms are in the entire world. But I feel like in the American culture, at least, these are the big four. Maybe. Well, so we're going to split this. That's how I find my found family, Casey, is based on if they agree that these are the big four or not. But if that's only in the United States, that makes you a bit, um, you know, nationalistic. They can join. I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't presume to know what other countries, okay. what their top four are. But if they agree with me, we can still be pals. Right. Because it might be like the band BTS or something. What? <laughs> you don't know BTS? No. All right. I'm just going to leave that there. Anytime someone talks about BTS, I get excited. Like, I love BTS. I love behind the scenes information, like, you know, a director's commentary, um, you know, like, because BTS to me is just an acronym for behind the scenes, right. not a, a boy band. Um, and so I'm wrong every time. And <laughs> I get all excited and it's like, oh. So when you try to relate people, relate to people and then you realize that you're They're like, I love BTS. Me too. Oh, we're not talking about the same thing. Yeah. Never mind. Anyways, uh, we're, we're splitting this episode into three parts. So we have family found, family separated, and family reunited. Reunited so, and it feels so good. I always want to like request before we start recording. Hey, Val, will you give us one of your weird, <laughs> one of your weird jingles? during today's episode but i also want it to be natural and so i'm so glad that that was just natural i didn't i didn't ask you to do that even though i love it it's my favorite thing you do you know what is just sing like give us a good transition or an introduction to the next part of our episode and you do just this weird song and i i adore it um don't stroke my beard can you can you i can hear his beard you know what movie that is no fanboys Kristen Bell says it. I can hear his beard. Talking about George Lucas. She's talking to George Lucas. Well, someone else is talking to George Lucas on the phone. And she says, I can hear his beard. (laughs) That's a great line. (laughs) Nobody cares about Willow. That's another good line from that movie. It is. It's a false line. I should should be quoting that more often. But everyone should care about Willow. Uh, They should. I know Disney Plus. It's not in the big four. Just came out, and it's kind of overwhelming what to watch. But 
Just look a little bit deeper and you will find the cinematic masterpiece, Ron Howard's Willow, starring Warwick Davis. You can't tell everybody else Kilmer. to watch it on Disney Plus when you haven't even watched it on Disney Plus yet. I have that movie memorized. I don't need to watch it on Disney Plus. <laughs> I will, but I also have it memorized. I need to give it another chance. Another go around. Yep. Then we can dissect it on the podcast. There's a found family for you. Mm, true. Totally is. Honorable mention. Yeah. All right. Family found. All these stories have these characters that may like have their own lives and then something's bringing them together. And it's like either the circumstances of life or a common hatred of evil brings all these good characters together. But it means that they're often very different types of characters. Like they have that one commonality, but in so many other ways, they might be very, very different. I think that's true. You've got a lot of groups. Like if you think... Okay, Harry Potter, uh, they all come from different backgrounds, you know. Harry has wizard parents but didn't know it. Hermione is a muggle and Ron grew up understanding all of the wizarding world and yet they become such good pals at, at Hogwarts. And you also have like Order of the Phoenix and all of those members of that found family, they come in from different backgrounds, you know. Professors and and people working at the ministry and housewives like Mrs. Weasley, they're all part of that found family, part of that, um, the order. Yeah, and then in, in Star Wars, for example, you have, um, well, let's just go to the beginning. You have A New Hope, and we've got the droids are the first characters, and they gradually become in the hands of Luke. And then eventually we get Obi-Wan in the mix, and then we get Han and Chewie. And then we get Leia. And those are all very, very different characters. You know, we have the, um, well, and there are all these fantasy archetypes. So it's we've true, got the, the farm boy, the smuggler, the princess. Right. The old wise The old wise wizard. man. Yeah. Um, and they all come together and they're very different. And they, and then you've got, the and then you've got like Lord of the Rings, the fellowship. They start out as the hobbits who know Gandalf, but then Gandalf, you know, leads them on this journey. You've got, yeah. And then they meet everybody else's. Yeah. Not only different Back, I mean, definitely different backgrounds. They've got a ranger, a, a wizard, a elf, a dwarf, right. human. But they're all these like different beings. Hobbits. Even, like, yeah, they're even more different. Not just different circumstances, but like different species. Right. And I think that's what maybe is a little bit different about Harry Potter is that most of them, I mean, they're all human. And obviously other types of beings and characters come into the mix. But it's interesting that she chose that the main core... The main characters of all those stories are still human. They're still the focal point of the stories. And not that they aren't in in like Star Wars. You know, Chewie's not the main character. The droids aren't the main characters. But just in terms of, of those groupings, uh, it's interesting that Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, in, in contrast to Harry Potter, bring in all different kinds of beings rather than just the regular humans. And in Lord of the Rings, the main characters of the Hobbits aren't human. They're human-like, but they're not human. So... I think that's interesting. Part of the reason why they need a found family is because they all come from dysfunctional backgrounds of sometimes of of some kind. Often, at least, not always. Um, you know, you look at Harry, who's been living in the cupboard, and you got the Avengers, who all have superpowers, but no one in their own like personal sphere to relate to. So they have to find all these other superhero family. So that's the joy of having a dysfunctional family is that then you get to go find an awesome found family. Um, can I dive into Star Wars for a second? Oh, as I'm wont to do. Um, most iterations of Star Wars, and by iterations I just mean um, like all the contained stories, are about found family. So it's not just the original trilogy. We've 
started by talking about that. But then you think about um, the sequel trilogy. Ray does start in a kind of a similar place to Luke. It's not exactly the same. Luke does have family and then they die and that sort of propels him on his adventure. Um, It's not his immediate family. It's, you know, an aunt and an uncle, but uh, they do love him. Ray is really alone for all intents and purposes. She's got Uncar Plutt, but who wants Uncar Plutt? Um, Nobody. And she meets Finn and it's like this immediate, well, I wouldn't say immediate friendship because they do have a little bit of a banter, but um, fairly quickly they become yeah, they found family. Yeah, they attack Finn at first. She and BBA. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but even like the, you know, stop holding my hand and then like the, more of that kind of banter on the Millennium Falcon later too. But eventually they become very, eventually they do become found family, the two of them. And then um, Han and Chewie again come into the mix and, and pose sort of, in that as well but so you've got that but then you've also got like rogue one rogue one absolutely a found family they all start from i mean Jin has lost her parents or at least is separate them as separated from them at this point and she has saw Gerrera for a while but then gets abandoned there and so she has to kind of learn to trust again in her new found family which is asking a lot because she's not so sure that she can trust um why did i just blank on k2s's billy bob thornton pal's oh, name oh sorry tom cruise no <laughs> k2so's pal yeah oh cassian. the love of my life cassian andor yes cassian that's the one as becca eddowes would say he's the light of my life diego luna is mm. the light of my life i love that man yeah so yes you have Rogue One and then you also I didn't really have much I didn't I wasn't going anywhere I just like to talk while you sing (laughs) I think it just makes for fun podcasting but what else did you more to say about Rogue One oh Solo oh Solo another found family a family of smugglers and thieves now I just have a million songs that come to my mind every phrase and I don't think we have time for me to sing them all please do (laughs) That's what people come here for. I was going to say thieves, and then I was thinking of the It's not my the song, dulcet you know, tones. The, it's the for you. The gypsies, tramps, and thieves. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's an older Is it Cher? Who sings that? Somebody tell me. Do you believe in love after love? I feel like it's Cher. And there's another thieves song about gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Um, Where are we? Uh, so Solo. <laughs> yeah, we got Solo. Because you've got Han... And Kira and his whole, you know, his story starts with the orphans, the orphans, which side note, it's often like criticism of these types of stories that they all have this like common ground. Like, oh, the main character is always an orphan. Yeah, they always have at least one parent missing, which is often true. And if you've listened to us long enough, you know, when we draw these types of connections between stories, it's not out of like trying to tear them down. It's just it's fun to find the common ground, but also to recognize where they contrast. Because that's, to me at least, the the details is what makes them Sets fun them and different. Apart, yeah, yeah. Um, but also it's interesting that th- the criticisms are often focused on like the main character is an orphan, and but why aren't people talking about how all these stories have found family? I don't I don't feel like people talk about that. But they're all very similar in that sense of. Um, I think it's just easy for just in terms of writing, it makes sense that if you have a character that is estranged in some way, that they have to find family elsewhere pun and pun not intended um they have to find family elsewhere to sort of fill that void so i just it just makes sense but that if you're gonna have a main character start from that place of of loneliness they're they're generally not gonna go through the whole story alone like that would be boring tragic tale. that would be like 
every fantasy would be castaway. Like, I don't want to watch every fantasy as castaway. Although, if Wilson could talk, that'd be pretty exceptional. Hmm. When was the last time you saw Castaway? Oh, man, I was a teenager. Yeah. So, long times. I haven't seen it for a long time either. Um, but then, in Star Wars, it goes on. You've got the animated shows as well. My favorite, the crew of the Ghost, the Rebels. Hera is space mom, best mom of all moms. Mm, she and Mrs. Weasley are like my top two. Oh, <laughs> mother, yeah. Mother characters of all times. I was going to say that Hera and Cassian are competing for being the light of my life. Mm. So that makes sense. Um, yes, I love Hera. She is just the best. The best. And if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, it, now you probably have Disney+. Plus. So go watch Star Wars Rebels. Because as we're, you know, as Do this it. episode is being posted, we're still getting week by week um, episodes of The Mandalorian. So while you wait and you're dying for more Star Wars content, go watch Rebels. Go watch so Resistance too. We're in the we're in season four and we're so excited. Okay, let's talk about Marvel for a second because we haven't talked about. I mean, you mentioned it briefly. Um, let's. The Avengers don't come together as the Avengers until you know quite a ways, not quite a ways, but a few movies into the MCU. Whereas these other ones we've talking about, these groups come together in the first book or movie um, as friends. You know, you've got Harry, Ron, and Hermione. At some point. I don't know if it's quite halfway. It, it takes a while for them to become a found family in Star Wars as well. Like we said, it's like a gradual thing. It's never, um, or at least rarely, like instant. We're instantly a found family. It's like we pick up a person here and we pick up a person here. You see that especially in like Lord of the Rings. But then that's really extended in the Marvel Universe, which makes sense because at this point we've got over over 20 movies. So it's um, it's just what these that other stories are doing, right? It's what these other stories are doing, but expanded and stretched. Um, but yeah, the, these... I had that same thought, that with Marvel, each character gets a movie before they tend to join the group. And then once they do join the group, they're a dysfunctional bunch. Well, yeah. I, was... I mean, they have a whole movie called War. Civil, <laughs> Civil War. War. We'll get to that in a second. Because <laughs> um, I was going to say also, in like the first, the first movie or book where they're becoming a team... There's usually a lot of drama in there still, and there's usually characters that, um, just for the sake of increasing that drama, really don't get along. Like like Leia and Han clash immediately. And and like we said, Ray and Finn, they kind of clash a little bit as well. Captain America and Iron Man. Right. You have the whole scene in the, the first Avengers, which is awesome, where Loki's kind of messing with them, and they all start fighting with each other. And not that they're not speaking their mind, but it's like... Whoever they are, Loki's like making it to the nth degree. And so then they clash. I, I love that scene. And then Harry Potter. Hermione's on the outs for a long time. Yeah, especially the book. Mm -hmm. The movie sort of shortens that. But the book, Ron's pretty mean to her he for is. a while. He's a bully to her. Yeah, he is. Is that in your thesis research? Ron the bully? It is. And we decided Ron's not a bully. Hmm. Yeah. Um, which may be controversial. I don't want to get into my thesis right now as of yet. <laughs> At some point, are we going he's to have He's verbally rude. Like, he's not, it's not like he's doing a good thing, but just right. fitting the bullying research, rubric. the fitting the, he doesn't quite fit the textbook definition of bullying. At some point on the podcast, are we going to talk about your thesis? When it um, when is published? done. Yeah. When we're done, maybe not even published, but just when it's finished and I can link to the 
to it on the school website. Um, cool. When it's done, 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 I'd like to do an episode about it. Yeah. But I'm glad you asked instead of me just suggesting it because that sound would sound <laughs> um, vainglorious. But I don't think so. You spent so much time on it. You should share it. I mean, it's a great topic. And I'm excited. I wrote 100 plus pages about bullying in Harry Potter. It's pretty great. Um, yeah. What are we talking about? Oh, drama and these characters, um, maybe even more so than they, you know, because it's a story. For the sake of, of story and drama, there's a lot of clashing and characters that seem to kind of hate each other. And then by the end... You know, Boromir and the rest of the Fellowship? It's like Boromir and then the rest of the Fellowship on yeah, the other side. That's because Boromir just isn't listening. He's just... <laughs> he makes weird suggestions and they're like, uh, we talked about that in the Council of Elrond. He's like, I, I don't remember. Like I told Mary Clay, he's like the Drax of the group. I, yeah. I, I wasn't I was listening. listening. I was yeah. thinking about something else. I, I'm pretty sure Boromir slept through half the Council of Elrond. That's Guardians my head, is another great headcanon. found family. True, yeah. They're ones who came together as a group in their own movie versus coming in. You know, when they came in later, they already had a found Compared family. to like the other adventures, you mean? Right, yeah, yeah that had single. Yeah, well, and they're a fun one because um, the, their connection is even more so than trying to fight against evil because they kind of have arguments about that. They're, what connects all of them is they're all losers. Like, uh, is it Rocket that said, you know, or no, it's it's uh, Star-Lord that says, you know, we're all people who have lost stuff. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> um, and so that's what that first movie is is about is that they're all, they're all people that have lost stuff. They've all failed and lost and they're all losers. And that's what gives them common ground. And then eventually by the end, they find common ground in what they're fighting for. But... But yeah, they're a good one to bring up. Um, it's important to note that that first story toward the end is usually the part where they come together finally as a group. So like Star Wars in A New Hope, Han leaves. And so it's like, oh, well, the found family didn't last very long. But of course, he comes back and um, saves the day. You're all clear, kid. Exactly. Thanks, Harrison. Woody Harrelson? I didn't say Harrelson. <laughs> Although that's interesting to Cheers think about. Cheers is a found family. No. That's not what I was going to say at all, but go but for it. it. Yes. <laughs> I'm on season nine of Cheers. Apparently there's 12 seasons of the shows. It went like all the way through the 80s and now we're doing the 90s. And um, yeah, anyways, Cheers. They're a found family at the, all the characters at the pub there. Well, I was going to say how Woody Harrelson's character compares to his character in Solo, com how it compares to Han in A New Hope um, and how they're kind of opposites in a lot of the ways toward the end of those stories yeah what's his name in solo beckett 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 makes he's you know found this found family but he still turns on them at the end uh versus solo decides to join the found family i'm glad we got back on beckett because i wanted to mention um that scene around the campfire when they're first becoming um they're first a group. They're not really... Compadres. Yeah. But then there's that line of, well, Chewie's talking and um, Han says, I don't know if he says said tribe or family. And Beckett says, well, what's the difference? And that's kind of what we're talking about here is how um, these families are families that are chosen and they're also forged in, you know, the fires of, of war or... Um, Challenges of yeah. any kind. Um, but they're not they're not blood relatives. I mean, once but they what's face, the difference? You know, once they face the troll is when Harry, Ron, and Hermione come together. Yeah, you troll gotta have bogeys. a you gotta have a challenge of some kind that troll draws bogeys you together. Stick us together. <laughs> it's the grossest analogy of all time. No, back to TV for one second. All our favorite Michael Schur shows all have found family. True. Good place. Totally about found family. 
Yes. Um, Parks and Rec, totally about fam, fam, found family. Uh, the Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they're all about, you know, anytime you get this ensemble cast, it generally is. Mm-hmm. It's not usually about one family that isn't, so rough and, unless yeah. it's like Arrested Development. Although but. I would argue that the characters in The Office are never much of a family. Not, and compared to some of his other shows, like I don't feel like they're ever quite as close. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's interesting. The other ones, I would say yes, but The Office, I feel like they're always more antagonistic. I wouldn't say as, to each other than yeah. Well, like as a group, I wouldn't say, but but then you think about like Pam's relationship with Michael as the series goes along, gets pretty strong. Um, you know, and then of course so my individual group, yeah, or, you know, relationships, but not the whole right crew. That's a good point. All right, should we move to part two? Family separated. Okay. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Family separated. He gets separated from his family. True, but that's his real family, not found family. Some of that family is so extended. Who even knows? True. Who's who's related to whom? Nobody knows. (laughs) It's chaos. It's like my family when we all get together. (laughs) It's home alone? Yeah. There's just so many kids running around. It's like, who belongs to who? So who's Macaulay Culkin in your family? Who gets lost. That's a weird analogy. And left behind. We've never left anyone behind. Okay, then who's troll bogeys in your family? <laughs> Who sticks us together? <laughs> who's the glue that binds you? These are weird, <laughs> weird questions. Okay, so often in these stories, it's in the middle, the middle chapter. Not always, but often. Where the the found family, these group of friends that have um, come together to to solve some problem. And maybe they've defeated a small part of the evil and in that middle chapter they're separated for some reason take the avengers yeah in is it just the avengers they defeat they defeat uh, they all blend together for me now yeah but they defeat the aliens that attack new york but then after that even though they've had this great success bonding you know mm-hmm. after that they then the aether swarm are together mm-hmm. and then after that they have the whole civil war like that separation yeah when well, the russo brothers who directed Civil War, they talk about how, um, and for the record, I know like a lot of people think the intention of the artist doesn't matter. You know, the, the author is dead, so to speak. But I really like to know what the intention of the artists is. And the Russo brothers talk about how, how Civil War is a divorce movie that, interesting. you know, the, the movie frames Steve and... Of two dads. Yeah, Steve and Tony as the parents of the Avengers and the movie's about them um in conflict and then separating and then by the end they've and divorced. And all the kids have to decide, pick sides. Right. Who are you gonna live with? Yeah, exactly. And and that's why they didn't end that movie with a character's death, because they wanted it to end in a, on a note of divorce, whereas death would have brought them back together. You know, it would have made them come back together and sort of reunite. Ooh. But the story wasn't ready for them to do that yet. You know, they were kind of saving that for for later for more drama in the future and infinity war and Endgame, and so they wanted to end it on that note of divorce um which i just find really fascinating especially thinking about black widow's character because she's this character who um that found family is super super important to her um and unfortunately i don't think yeah, she get... seems to bond with people stronger than anyone else it seems like yeah I mean, she. We know that she has a, a long-lasting relationship with Barton. Like they've been friends for ages. Yeah. Worked together for a long time. Um, but then she works with Iron Man 
for a long time and gets close to him. And then, yeah, she has a... I mean, in Winter Soldier, she and Cap are like the best duo. Right. I love their relationship. And I love that moment in Civil War, too, where um, she visits Steve after Peggy's funeral. And um, he's like, I can't sign it. And she says, I know. And he's like, well, then why are you here? And she's just like, I didn't want you to be alone. Like, I love that, that even through all this conflict, she's... um, She's reaching out. She's not divorcing herself from the side that she doesn't agree with. So even though she's on Tony's side and not Cap's, she wants to be the peacemaker. And you see that later when... um, She helps them escape in the hangar bay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When she um, stops Black Panther from getting to them and she's she'll do what it takes to keep the group together. So even though she's fighting in that battle... Um, I love when she and Barton are fighting. He's like, we're still friends, right? <laughs> right. Um, she's like, that depends on how hard you hit me. <laughs> like, I just love that about her character, that she's trying to keep the group together. Some of the other characters might not care as much, you know, like especially the new ones, like Black Panther doesn't care at all about this family yet. Ant-Man's just really excited to be there. Right. So Spider-Man. Right. They're just, you know... <laughs> Yeah. They're not as invested yet. Right. Whereas that is super important to to Black Widow. I think even more so than it is to um, like Cap and Tony. Because for Cap or, or Steve, he he had a found family like in in the war. And I think he does love all the Avengers. But in a lot of ways, he's done so much on his own in the same way that Thor kind of has as well. Um, but to Natasha this is her family and that's super important to her to keep it together. Um, and so I think that that divorce, so-called divorce is really hard on her. Let's move on to Lord of the Rings. When Gandalf dies, spoiler alert, <laughs> when Gandalf dies, their family is separated and then they lose Boromir and then... Well, then the fellowship breaks. And it, then the fellowship breaks. They yeah. split apart. Yeah. What? They go in different directions. And in some of these stories the group breaks apart just because of circumstance but in lord of the rings it's a little bit different be- that frodo and frodo leaves because boromir tries to take the ring and so the group kind of breaks from within and maybe that's a, a similarity with um like the avengers in civil war a little bit um it's conflict that breaks them apart conflict from within rather than conflict from without if i'm making sense there yes um, that, that Boromir is the, the catalyst for the fellowship breaking, even though, yeah, they've lost Gandalf, but um, they've still got most of the fellowship intact. And then Boromir tries to take the ring, so Frodo's like, yeah, I'm piecing out. And then, of course, Sam follows. But <laughs> Sam will not be left behind. Yeah. But then it, it's often in that middle chapter or the, the telltale end of that first chapter. Um, and by chapter, I just mean part of the story. Um, so the end of the fellowship or the beginning of two towers the group separates and they all go their separate ways and it's very very similar to to star wars as well um in <clears throat> empire strikes back they are facing a conflict from without um talking about the empire on hoth and han and leia and company have to leave and then luke has to go a separate way that breaking of the group isn't doesn't feel quite as like um disparate as say lord of the rings um uh, just because lord of the rings the there's just more members of the group but but then even in um you look at the sequel trilogy also the last jedi they've been well and the tail end of the force awakens finn's in a coma and ray leaves and that sort of breaks the group apart and then the last jedi they're all on these different journeys again it's that middle chapter uh finn and rose off on their own journey poe's doing his own thing and ray's doing her own thing um 
which is very much a parallel, not just to the original trilogy, but to so many of these epic stories. Where would you say there are breaks in Harry Potter? Like where well, do they, do they fall apart? I've been Goblet of Fire is where. That's what I was thinking. They're more agnostic toward uh, agno, uh, yes, antag- agnostic. <laughs> antagonistic Ron doesn't believe Harry exists <laughs> well he's not sure if Harry exists yes <laughs> um, Ron does that a lot but especially in Goblet of Fire so much so that I forget what he even gets mad about he thinks Harry put his name in the oh, Goblet right, of Fire oh right right seeking that fame man yeah. but they do kind of come back together at the end of that story but right. then I think in the next book um, is where Harry is really drawing himself apart because he's Oh, so, yeah, good point. Um, so again, they're kind of breaking from within. He's feeling he's feeling left out of his found family. And I think that's part of the catalyst is he's like, hey, guys, he hates the Dursleys, and then he finally finds people that he can love and trust, and then he feels like he can't trust them anymore, like they're keeping him in the dark, um, especially with Dumbledore not sharing any pertinent information with him it, that just made me think about luna's line and it's only a line in the movie but i think it's fabulous that so good. when she brings up the idea that well if i was voldemort i would want to split up you know split the good people up because they're i'd make you I, i'd want you to how does she say it? she says something about i would want you to feel alone too yeah yeah to feel alone because you're not as much of a threat alone like yeah. along those ideas like, so yeah i was just thinking about that as you were talking about um harry potter Oh yeah, Luna has that awesome line, and it's so true that. And you could apply, uh, could apply it to any of the found families we're talking about. Right, because they those are, are stronger as a whole. So when they're they're broken, it's it's more poignant. And that's generally the darker part of the story is that middle chapter. That's where everything goes downhill. Um, and part of that is because the found family is separated. Luna is so wise; she knows everything. She's fantastic. Let's bring our families back together, Casey. Let's reunite them. Part three. Family reunited. This is the joyful, triumphant endings. Although often they're missing characters. So that part's a little sad. Well, in a lot of these, the reunification of the found family um, only happens at like the very, very end, like post the climax of the story. Like you think of Return of the Jedi and Return of the Jedi is interesting because the group does come back together at the very beginning of the the movie with um, them saving Han. But then they have to separate again. Um, well, not really have to, but Luke wants to go finish his training with Yoda, um, and the rest of them go with the fleet. Then they reunite again, um, and then they go to Endor, and then they separate it again. I didn't really think about how much back and forth, back and forth in Return of the Jedi that happens, but... I was thinking about that, too. I think it happens in other stories, too, like Marvel, we were talking about the Civil War, driving them apart. But the biggest separation is after Thanos snaps his fingers, and half of them are gone. And so for them, they're big. What was your word you used? Reunification. Reunification. <laughs> word of the day. <laughs> their big reunification happens happens when everybody comes from their portals. As Spider Man puts it, he's like, and the wizard guy was like, <laughs> <laughs> was like, they're ready. They're waiting for us. <laughs> Open all these portals, and they all just come out. So maybe it's a staple of this final chapter that it's not like a quick and easy reunification, but it it takes some time and. Um, there might be some unity for a second and they have to break apart again because then you think about in Harry Potter That's what I how was long just thinking. they get back together but the, you know and, and Harry's finally working well with Dumbledore but then Dumbledore dies and uh, so they're kind of piecing along with Order of the Phoenix on their own but then Harry, Ron and Hermione go off on their own separate from Order of the Phoenix um, to find the Horcrux is right. 
But then even after that, Ron leaves for a while. Yes. And then they have to reunite. So I think it just happens a lot in that final chapter, at least for a lot of these stories. And then Lord of the Rings. I think Is that the last one that we haven't covered yet? We yeah. talked about Marvel, Harry, um, Potter, Harry Star Potter, Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Do we need to like announce spoilers? For I was, that's what I was thinking. Clay. Well, like this, <laughs> before we talk too much about the ending of Lord of the Rings, I know a lot of our listeners may also be listeners of that's what I'm talking about. And maybe they don't know the ending of Lord of the Rings. Maybe they do. But just be forewarned, Mary Clay. Spoilers ahead. Um, <laughs> Skip ahead a few seconds. A, f- a few seconds? A few minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, the same thing happens in Lord of the Rings where they regroup in, in Rohan. Most of them anyways. Sam and Frodo are off on their own. And they don't really rejoin until very, very end. But they kind of regroup in Rohan and then they divide again to go and fight different battles. They got lots of breaking ups. And then they don't really come all the way back together until uh, Aragorn is crowned king. But that's brief because after that... The hobbits go back to their own home. And then, at the very end, some of them get reunited and go to um, Greyhaven together, but others do not. Yeah, it's very uh, bittersweet. I think that's why I love Return of the King so much, because I'm a big fan of the bittersweet endings. And I think part of that is that the group is never whole again. And um, they really haven't been since since Boromir broke them apart through his choices, and then and then he died. So that one's kind of different from the other stories we've talked about as far as they don't stay pals. I mean, they do, but from a distance. Yeah. Right. Like, Return of the King is not the same jubilant ending that Return of the Jedi is, where everyone's reunited at the end of Return of the Jedi. Even the ghosts are there. Of course, you could say that Harry Potter, too. You lose people. You lose Tom. That's fair. And Lupin and Fred. True. And plenty of others I'm sure I'm forgetting. But but if we're talking about the Golden Trio, you know, even 19 years later, they're they're still Don't found family. Yeah. All right, let's talk about um, just make some concluding. Concluding is not a word. Make some concluding remarks here. Why do you think these found family stories are so common? Like in these big epic tales, why is it often about found family? Like why does that resonate with us, the audience? I think part of why it's common is because like you were saying earlier, it's common to start with an orphan character. Like there needs to be a conflict from the beginning. Otherwise, your hero is boring. Like, there's if there's nothing for them to overcome or to you know triumph over, then then there will be no story. And so they have to have a challenge from the beginning, and often that comes in by by way of their family. Um, so I think that's part of why that story is so common, um, because like you said, they're not going to be alone forever. Otherwise, it'd be a really sad story the whole time. Yeah, and I also think a lot of these stories are about rites of passage and about growing up. And part of growing up is realizing that um, some of your family, at least, you can choose. And uh, that's one of the beauties of being an adult is choosing your found family. Um, I also think that it resonates with audiences because an ensemble of characters is really fun to just you're able to pick a favorite. Like even if you're, if the main character isn't your favorite, maybe you don't care about Luke or Frodo or Harry, but you really love the side characters. You really and so, love Chewbacca yeah. and Luna and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hermione's my favorite. Luke's my favorite, but um, and Eowyn. Yes. So it's just great. Where it, conversely, if you have a story about like a lone wolf single character, those I mean, there's plenty of stories that are like that. And they can be really great, even if James you don't necessarily right. Even if you don't necessarily connect with the character, they might still be fun. But just from a character standpoint, these ensemble pieces are really great because you can fall in love with 
whichever character you choose. You get to choose your found family of the characters. <laughs> yeah, whichever one you relate to the most. And it also makes it fun because, like you said, the, the drama. There's characters who don't get along. There's characters who do. There's uh, funny banter. There's, you know, fools of a took. There's just seeing the relationships grow and develop is it's fun because we're like that when when we meet people. You may not like somebody at first, but eventually you do, or or whatever it is. So also, if you're someone that's especially if you're a young person reading these types of books or watching these movies, and you're someone who's lonely, maybe you're not an orphan orphan, but you feel like you don't know where you belong. It's just great to be able to escape and fantasize about a group out there that's waiting for you. You know, a a family that's waiting for you to take you in for who you are, and and you get to choose them i think that's a really beautiful thought so i love that oh one i have a lot of thoughts here (laughs) one one final one for me is that i'm going to get meta here for a second there's this common theory that inception the movie inception is about filmmaking that each of the characters represents a piece of the filmmaking process so you've got a director and a writer and um which is is awesome and i love it and but i think that you can extend that to these types of stories as well that well, I'm just, I believe that like making art, making movies and books is a bit of a miracle when they work. And so I think that these ensemble, this ensemble of characters is a bit representative of how collaborative the process is itself of making a movie or writing a book, which is another reason I think that this is just a fun topic to think about. I like that. Yeah. Kind of makes sense when you talk about the ultimate in creation, like uh, like giving, you know how they say like you give birth to a movie or an idea or, right. or a story or whatever it is because it's that ultimate creation that you're kind of, it's kind of a miracle. Like you said, you're not sure how it happened or why or how it all comes together but there it is right so many people that work in movie making just call it alchemy because there's so many moving parts that it really is miraculous when it works (laughs) and that's why i'm not super critical when it comes to movies like there's plenty of movies i don't like we've talked about that um there's plenty of things i don't like um but there's also a lot of things that i love that maybe people don't and part of that is just because i'm a firm believer in how collaborative it is and it doesn't always work perfectly but it might work might work on an emotional level all right do you have some honorable mentions that you wanted to talk about i do we talked about the big four but i had lots of other stories running through my mind as i was thinking about found families like anne of green gables she finds her family and her kindred spirits peter pan Finds all the lost boys, gives them a family. Uh, the Percy Jackson series, all the demigods come together and create their own found family. That's for you, Becca. <laughs> the Rebel of the Sands trilogy, which I read earlier this year. Really good, by the way, go read it. And But they're kind of, it's actually kind of Percy Jackson-like. It's definitely more fantasy world versus based in our world. Yeah. But they're all half genie. So they all have different like traits from like their genie parent versus their. So that's very Percy Jackson like. Anyways, they all come together, um, to start their rebellion. When you said genie, I'm sorry. When I said you said genie, I was just thinking about Britta on Community singing the genie in a bottle song incorrectly. <laughs> Something about I, I don't remember how the song goes, but anyways. I remember because she does this weird little <laughs> dance. <laughs> and she, yeah. <laughs> Community, there's a found family. Oh my goodness, yeah. If we're talking TV shows. If there's ever a found family, it's on Community. I mean, it's in the title, basically. True. Not basically, it is. <laughs> it's a found community. I think the... And I mentioned Cheers already. True. I was going to say, I think the central statement then is that 
found family is more common than it isn't in fiction. Like it's in almost everything. Yes. Um, it's, it's more uncommon to have no community, to have no found family in a story. I feel like even those that we, you could term lone wolf, like I mentioned James Bond, but like he's still totally attached to M. Right. And Q is often. And Q is the, 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 yeah. Older yeah. in the, yeah. So the point is that we all care and we all get to choose who we care about. And they become our found family. And I care about Diego Luna. And he lights up your you, life. Yeah. He is the light. Who who do you care about? Oh, all the misfits. Yeah. Outsider characters. Yep. Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks for joining us. Let us know what you think about found families. Did we miss one of your favorites in our honorable mentions? Uh, what other details could you add for the big four? And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Hello From Elsewhere. It really helps us reach more listeners like you. And don't forget to engage with us on Twitter and Instagram at elsewhere underscore pod. Now, Mrs. Weasley's asking us to go help denome the garden, so. I love twirling those little gnomes, chucking them over the fence. They are not cute. They are not my found family. (laughs) (laughs) Happy beeps. Happy beeps.